Welcome to the start of season four of Together by AGCI. I'm Marissa Butterworth. We get to kick this season off by talking with Angeline Salyer, AGCI's Ethiopia Program Director. We just celebrated the one-year anniversary of the AGCI and Tim Tebow Foundation House of Hope, and I'm so excited for you to hear all of the ways that God has been at work through this incredible home and our Ethiopian team working there, some stories about the incredible young ladies that we're serving, and all that we hope to see in the future. Angeline, I am so glad that you're able to join me. I We originally tried to do this when you were in Ethiopia. That obviously didn't work. Wi-Fi didn't happen for us. But you are now home. You're well-rested. <laughs> you don't have crazy... Maybe you do have crazy jet lag. I don't know. But I am so excited for you to join us again to talk about the AGCI and Tim Tebow Foundation House of Hope we just celebrated our one year birthday of the home actually being open. Uh, I'm just so excited to hear about it from you. Yeah, thanks so much, Marissa, for having me again. I can't believe it's been, I think, probably almost a year since we first connected on this and did a podcast. So it's so great to be back. And there's so much that's happened in the last year. And yes, probably a good thing that we waited <laughs> to, to to do the podcast. I think God had God had a big right? plan there for us. I think y'all would have uh, not really understood a lot of the things I might have said with the Wi-Fi and the, the jet lines. I know but. it would have been bad. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I'm so thankful. And yeah, it was so fun to hear from you last year. I know this has been like, especially for you, a labor of love. Um, this is something that you've been working on uh, with our team in Ethiopia for the last couple of years. And so I would love, will you, um, for those people that maybe have no idea what we're talking about, what is this place? Will you just tell us really quickly about what this home is and what it does. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It has been has been a little bit of a labor of love or a lot of it. Um, we actually started <laughs> thinking about launching this home back in 2019, actually. And um, in, in that year, we really started to focus on how we wanted to grow our programs in Ethiopia and where God was calling us to do so. We had a thriving sponsorship program. Um, as many people know, we had an adoption program there that was forced to close um, back in 2016. Uh, but we had been continuing to impact hundreds of uh, children and families, but we really wanted to see where God was leading us. And that led us to do a pretty in-depth needs assessment of what some of the needs were facing or, or people were facing in Ethiopia. And really the one that stood out to us the most and that so many people spoke of from government officials to people working at the NGO level um, social workers, they talked about this need that they were seeing continue to explode. And that was um, specifically young girls who had been migrating into the capital city of Addis Ababa in Ethiopia uh, to try to find work. Uh, many mm. of them had uh, left their homes due to either conflict or just honestly a pursuit of a better life, education, um, yes. yeah, bringing an income in for their family. And they would often find themselves um, trapped in Addis uh, working as domestic house servants, uh, mo a lot of them unable to find any employment at all ended up living on the streets. And so they saw, mm -hmm. Ethiopia saw this massive increase of children, young girls specifically migrating into the city and with nowhere to go, oftentimes being stuck there, uh, no pathway back to home as many of them were trapped. And so we we decided that 
um, we wanted to launch a reunification home in Addis Ababa to serve this population of young girls. And so really our goal with this home is to bring in girls who have migrated into the city um, and who have no pathway back to family. And then our team would um, work yeah. to identify their families and reunify them whenever possible. And so this year has been uh, an amazing year for our team. And we officially, we launched the home on time as, as we kind of projected and laid out. And now we're just in full blown operation mode and getting to serve these young women has just been uh, an, an amazing um, experience for, for all of us, especially for our team on the ground there who work so hard. So it's been awesome. That's incredible. I know I saw the work being done, so I know how um, hard you guys went after this. And I mean, I just want to even say like the fact that it was done on time, like according to your projections, I think that's like a miracle right there <laughs> in and of itself. But this was something I want to mention too. Like we have an Ethiopian team working there in country. Um, they are Ethiopian and that's why like all of the things that you're talking about and find how we found out what the needs were. It's because the people that are there are the ones that are informing our decision about that. It's not something that we just come in and like kind of, you know, try to figure out on our own. So we're so fortunate to have that team there and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm just trying to remember this off the top of my head. Are, are the um, numbers right now in Ethiopia that there are like 600,000 kids living on the streets in Ethiopia? Is that right? Or am I totally making that up? No, that's actually correct. Well, I mean, as, as best as they can determine, it's a pretty hard number to yes. gather and it's always fluctuating, of course, but that number continues to grow. And what they estimate is that there are about 600,000 kids in Ethiopia in Ethiopia total living on the streets. Um, in Addis Ababa alone, uh, they're estimating over 100,000. So um, obviously oh a really you know, a big crisis that they're in and the government just does not have the capacity or the resources uh, to respond to this. And um, AGCI and Tim Tebow Foundation House of Hope, there has been other programs and NGOs doing reunification work, um, but the AGCI Tim Tebow Foundation House of Hope is the first trauma-informed care model of its kind that infuses the principles of trust-based relational intervention um, to that and brings that into this home every single day. And so when we talk about this home um, and the importance of it, we're not just simply reunifying kids. Uh, we have a model yes. that's rooted in trauma-informed care and not just working directly with the children to help them heal from all of the different traumas and difficulties and stressful experiences that they've faced while being separated from family and living on the streets. But we also work directly at the family level and community level to not only um, prepare the families for that successful reunification, but also working with communities and community leaders to help them understand um, and help prevent children from uh, having this experience in the future yes. um, when we can do that prevention work. So really it's a multi-layered, um, very complex program. Uh, and we realize that we only see success when we work in all of these levels, not just with the kids, not just in the home, but really, really um, bringing trauma-informed care to each of these, to each of these areas. Mm -hmm. Which is where I think we're actually seeing the success. And that's why it's so exciting because there, like you said, there have been uh, other organizations that have done this, but it hasn't necessarily been something that's successful where the girls are staying at home, um, where their families are understanding what their kids, like the trauma their kids have been through, um, like even know how to parent that, you know, there's, it's so, I like that you said that it's so 
huge and layered. And this is really like, I've said this before, but this is like deep soul healing work that we're doing. So it isn't something that I like that you said, it's not something that's just like super simple and we can't overly simplify this because it's so big. But um, just the fact that you guys are doing it, it's just incredible. I'm so proud of you and I'm so proud of our team there for everything they've been doing. They, they're just insane. And you have been there along the way. So I don't know. Thanks. I'm like, thanks. I'm so time. proud of all, I've seen it. I'm so proud. So how many girls are in the living in the home right now? And maybe talk about how many total, whatever numbers that you actually know. Yeah. Um, and then how many have been reunified? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, we have actually now, as of this last weekend, we reunified two more girls. So we have reunified 16 girls in wow. total in the home. Yay. Yeah. And um, we have... Uh, 18 girls currently in the home. So we've served okay. as of today, actually, because we got two new girls just yesterday. Oh my gosh. Okay. I hadn't heard that. Yeah. So brand new information. Um, but we uh, have served in total now 34 girls. So okay. um, it was 32 when we were reporting out for the, the annual probably total, if we want to count Friday, because last Friday was our um, kind of yes. anniversary. So, um, but yes, and all I will say, probably it's not just the number of girls that we serve. That's our goal. Um, really how we measure the impact of this home and how we uh, view its success is the number, the number of stable reunifications. So uh, I am happy to report that all of the girls who've been reunified are in stable family care um, up to one year post reunification. So um, it's been wow. just amazing to see, like you mentioned, I mean, I can't say enough good things about this team that we have. We went from a team of six in Ethiopia who had been there for the last, most of them, 13 to 15 like years. 13, yeah, yeah. Yeah, through all of AGCI's operation. And we had focused on all this you know, work that we'd been doing. And then when we decided to grow this home, uh, now we're at 23 staff in Ethiopia. And this staff just does such an incredible job from the cooks, the cleaners, the guards, the social workers, our director, our social services director, our you know finance head, everybody has a has a role in this. And to see that work pay off and all of these girls um, remaining in family care is is our biggest accomplishment. And that goes to that just goes to all the different aspects of this program. And like you said, it's that deep, deep healing work that that they're continuing mm -hmm. to do every day. So um, yes, lots of uh, lots of girls reunified. Uh, many of the girls in our home right now. Um, kind of the process is they'll enter into the home and um, they're kind of in that intake phase for the first couple of weeks is where I uh, determining, you know, where they came from and, and their history and identifying their families. So all the girls in the home right now are kind of in that services stage where they're receiving all of the services, counseling, life skills, training, um, okay, uh, education, formal education, um, spiritual um, spiritual empowerment from our, our, our team, just all the different aspects of this wow. home that they're receiving in that stage. And then we're also looking to identify those, um, their birth families. And so okay. uh, we've, uh, obviously, um, worked with a lot of families too, and, and communities. So, uh, just a really great year so far that we've had. So. Oh my gosh. So cool. I'm so excited. It's like, I don't know, it's just something to, to know that, you know, kids are able to get home to their families and their families are, are there and waiting and ready and actually prepared for them to return so that they are able to stay 
home and have that safe place again. And uh, I don't know, it's just pretty incredible. So what are, what would you say are some of the challenges um, to ensure a successful reunification? Like, what do you see are the, are the challenges? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's something that we spent a lot of time in preparing for when we did the programming and development for this home is understanding that every single um, circumstance is going to be different. And I think that's what makes our program stand out is that we do not take a blanket mm. approach to reunification. Uh, we have to do family assessments. We have to identify um, the traumas that the girls have been through and help them on their healing journey to heal from that while also preparing the family. So if we're not wow. doing that, and if we're not allowing those girls time to heal and um, intervening through um, you know, counseling sessions and psychosocial support, and mm. other other avenues of healing um, through, like I said, we use TBRI, trust-based relational intervention. If we're not doing that um, in a way um, where we're um, helping these young girls on their pathway to healing, and if we're not working directly with the families as well, then we will not see a successful reunification. And so it requires um, a lot of different assessments, a lot of um, mm. just spending time with the families and getting to know their situation, understanding their needs, because some of the families um, separated, not because of necessarily a conflict. Some of it was just because of um, the situation, you know, living in in um, dire poverty. And so oftentimes mm. we're just responding to um, identifying what the need was uh, behind the separation. And so really the challenges of that successful reunification, I mean, they're at every level. <laughs> Some Sometimes yes. it's sometimes it's even more, much more traumatic than that. And it's that there was um, abuse from a, mm. a father, from a mother. And in those situations, we have to determine if it is, um, if it is going to be safe for us to, to uh, reunify with that family member. And if it's not, then we have to look to other family members. And if there's other family members who um, aren't willing to take that child in, or there's sometimes there's a, a parent who got remarried and is that child is... Um, kind of a burden on them, then we have to look for other mm. avenues. And so we have had um, some challenges, of course, along the way. It hasn't been easy. Um, but for the most part, I mean, we've we've seen a lot of success in uh, really mm. getting to the core and to the root of what that, what that separation was and working alongside families to help mend that. That's incredible. Yeah, this is big work. I like the more you unpeel it, the more I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you don't think of all of that stuff. That's incredible. I'm glad that you guys are in charge of this and not me. <laughs> I'm like, whoo. Well, oh, that's yeah. what I say about the team. I'm like, I'm they're the ones that are providing the direct care. I, I get to, yes. to help with programming and management. But I'm like, man, they even our characters doing it. They respond to things every day. I mean, these girls sure we talk about the all the the beautiful parts of this home right like all of the different i mean it is it's so much beauty and so much transformation and so much deep healing but you know you think about 18 girls living under one home and yes. you know girls come in from and they learn these habits on the streets or as oh, yeah. servants and you know we have to it's not just you know, and they've been surviving <laughs> yeah yes yeah so yeah yeah anytime you have that many kids in one place. I mean, they're 
bound to be lots of challenges. And when you add all of those layers of complications and traumas in, I'm sure. Yeah, it isn't always pretty with like a bow on it, for sure. It's good to mention this is hard work, (laughs) especially for the team there. Yeah. I mean, there when we think about infusing TBRI through uh, the, the three um, we, we, we do that through connection, correction, and empowering. Um, mm-hmm. And um, there's a lot of different aspects of the home that include TBRI, but really what TBRI does is it helps to rework the brain so that children learn healthy attachment. They learn how to connect um, with safe adults. They relearn all of these different tools. And so we're mm-hmm. actually, during their time in the home, what we're trying to do is rework that brain, rework their mm-hmm. brain and so that they experience felt safety, that they can learn how to re- um, to attach with their parents again. Um, because yes. often that trauma, what it does is it, it, you know, keeps these kids in that fight, fight or freeze mode all the time. And if we don't intervene now, and if we don't actually work to heal that trauma, then it's just going to continue to, to worsen over the years and they, and they won't be able to, you know, to come out of that as easily. So that it's, it's yeah. not, it's not just reunification. It's, it's reworking brains. I mean, it's, it's not, not easy work. So. No, I mean, yeah, when you bring the brain into it, that's a whole like <laughs> deeper level. And I mean, one thing that I wanted to mention too, as you're talking about that, is that everyone that works with these kids from, you know, the director of the home to, you know, the, the caregivers to the cooks, they are all trained in TBRI as well. So anyone having like regular contact with these girls, they're all operating from the same lens, really, like through that lens of TBRI and understand the goals. And and so that's even more powerful, I think. Yeah, absolutely. We do have two practitioners. So Azeb, our director of the home and Haile, our social services director, they're both uh, TBRI practitioners and they've been um, really infusing it, like you mentioned, at every level with every single staff member. So when we launched the home, we did a week long intensive training for all of the all of the staff that had been hired on at that point. And then anybody who, who gets hired on, um, they're onboarding plan includes um, a lot of, you know, just deep understanding of, of TBRI and um, the how the brain works and um, how we respond yes. to kids um, from hard places. And so that's really mm-hmm. been a game changer for this home, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think it's what sets it so far apart from anything else that's been done. Yeah. It's incredible. So on the flip side, I know there's the hard side of things, um, but I'm fortunate to see a lot of the photos that come through of the girls at the home. And they're not always like wrapped in a bow perfectly, like we've said, Um, but lots of smiling faces. I get to hear lots of fun stories. What are some of your favorite stories uh, that you share regularly about the girls that you've met in your time there? Yeah, man, I could talk for how we could do a whole series on stories that come out of this home probably, but there's, there's so many and these girls are just unbelievable. They're so bright and special and it's just been such a joy to get to meet them and learn about their stories and learn about them. Um, I mean, they're one of my favorite stories is this young girl um, who entered into our care and she had been separated from family, kind of in and out of her home. Um, She was not what you would um, classically call maybe like a bad child, but she had um, pretty severe ADHD and her parents did not know how to really just handle her or respond to her needs. And she often felt like she just was, um, no one really understood her. 
And she came in to our care after um, being kind of in and out of her home, living in an institution. And Mm. we took her in and worked with her and identified what her needs were and worked with her family to help her family understand what those needs were. And she stayed with us for about three months and her family was really receptive to that. And they really wanted to build relationship with her, but they just didn't really know how. And we worked alongside them and she, their reunification, it gives me chills. It was just like one of the most, I mean, they just, they didn't know, they thought they had lost her forever every time she'd leave and Mm. go into the streets. And um, she's now back in family care and her family um, has just been so receptive. And oftentimes there's just, you know, some people think like, oh, well, if the girls are leaving, like, are the families even receptive to them coming back? Or are they receptive to learning? Like, yes, they really are. We just have yes. to work with them and help provide them with with those tools and resources they need. So that was just one of my favorite um, reunifications, that moment of, of them, of her coming back home and just was really great. And I mean, there's just so many. We have yoga every Saturday morning in the home, which is really fun. I love so it. The, the, we have a a volunteer yoga teacher who comes and leads sessions and the girls get to practice their mindfulness skills because the girls also um, know, know about TBRI and they know um, we have our three rules in the home. Yes. Yeah. Stick together, no hurts and have fun. So it's so fun when um, someone is out of line or something and one of the girls will say like stick together or something. And um, oh, so it's so I fun just to see them all uh, learn from each other and grow and yeah, I mean, I could I could talk for so long about stories, but it's been okay. I want one more. Do you have another? Yeah, I I do actually. <laughs> we have a girl right now who's seventeen, um, and she's our oldest girl in the home, and okay. she um, she's been living in an institution for she was living in an institution for ten years, and this oh is one of those gosh. ones that um, is not uh, a perfect ending per se yet, and. We've been working with her for about four months now, and uh, we actually are not, uh, we have not been able to locate her family. And she was so young when she was separated that it's been a challenge for us uh, to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, when she first came into our home and our care, she was incredibly reserved and would barely make eye contact, um, mm. was very protective of her story, of course. And over the last few months, we've just seen her turn into this um to really like just gain her youthfulness back. And mm. um, she smiles now, she makes eye contact. She um, she loves just kind of helping, since she's one of the older girls, she loves kind of taking that little bit of a mom role and just kind of protective of the younger girls. And you can tell they, mm. they really look up to her. And so I'm um, just watching her transformation uh, and seeing that sometimes people assume that maybe the younger ones are a little easier, you know, if they, um, Sometimes though they think sometimes older kids are, are more difficult and it's it's not yes. really the case. You just have to find ways to connect with them and find find ways. And so she's been taking on a little bit of a leadership role with doing coffee ceremonies and things that she's shown interest in. Oh, I and love so it. we're working on developing a plan for her to transition um, since she'll be uh, 18 soon, kind of transition her back into community, um, of course, with support. And she has um, a very close friend, someone who kind of cared for her uh many years ago, who's quite a bit older, but not mm. not a biological family member, but someone who we feel can help um, her transition into community. And she'll be going through some um, formal life skills training and continuing to take night classes so that she can um, get her, you know, equivalent to a high school diploma. Um, and just so wow. not not every story is um, 
is the same. There's all these different dynamics and different stories and just watching her growth and transformation these last four or five months have been have been awesome. And we we can't wait to see her uh, just continue to thrive and 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 build a help her build a future that works for her and that she's a part of. So, yes, it's been. Awesome. Yes. And a part of maybe for the first time that she remembers, you know, if she's been in a home for the last decade or like in and out or living. I mean, it's just. That's crazy to me. So what's the youngest girl that we've had in the home? Eight, eight years old. Eight. Okay. Yeah. Oh and gosh. sometimes ages aren't Maybe. super accurate, um, depending yes. on how much information we have. So even, even some of the older girls, you know, there's always a little bit of, we try to do a, um, we do a developmental assessment um, to okay. understand where each girl is at, but sometimes the ages are, are not quite accurate, but we feel, we think the youngest has been seven or eight. Around yeah. seven or eight. Okay. That's so interesting. So I loved hearing you talk even just about the community right then, you know, how big a part um, the community can be. Um, and I have heard tale of, you know, the home becoming a part of its community. And um, can you share uh, with us just about how incredible the team is there and how they've really, you know, made this something that isn't just about us that's bigger than us? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's been incredible to see how God has not just built us this home, but how he has laid a path for our team to impact communities and generations to come. Um, a couple of things that have stood out have been our team. When, when, we, when we do a reunification, as I mentioned, we work at that community level, meaning that we don't just um, work with families, but we help to identify any challenges that they might face in community mm -hmm. after reunification, because uh, there might be a lot of misconceptions from the community, um, knowing that a child has left and now comes back. Um, there's sometimes just culturally, there's can be some challenges. And so our team has, uh, especially in specific regions and in the Southern region of Ethiopia, uh, elders are really significant and culturally, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's part of the tradition for elders to speak on behalf of community and help, um, help, you know, guide paths for families. And so there's some cultural traditions in the South that have um, said that, you know, sometimes the eldest girl needs to come into the city um, to help find work and send, you know, send um, money back to her family. And so our team's been educating and working with community elders um, to help them understand um, the realities mm. of, of that, that they might not know um, because it's, it's not what they it is. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So I'm um, really working directly with community elders our team has been doing, and it's been, it's been amazing to see just, uh, you know, how, how they respond to that and how receptive they are. And then also, we've had the privilege of, um, I mean, AGCI has been working in Ethiopia for the last 15 years. And so our team's been building relationship at pretty much every level from schools to, um, they call them Wareda, which is like a small um, kind of town, like Wareda offices, meaning like social, local social affairs offices, um, all the way up to the Ministry of Women's and Children's Affairs, uh, who is the overseeing body for child welfare. So they've been building relationship at every level for the last 15 years. And they've had some unique opportunities just given that um, our team there on the ground is so trusted 
by the government and by leaders there that we've mm-hmm. been invited and they, they see our, our success with our programs and they see our work with trauma-informed care that they've asked AGCI staff, um, specifically our two TBRI practitioners there, um, to come and lead trainings. And so Azeb and Haile, our, our team members there, have gone and worked um, at directly with institutions. There are four government institutions in Ethiopia, um, in Addis Ababa, and Azeb and Haile have been working directly with those institutions to help provide um, trauma-informed training to caregivers and staff so that they can help um, provide better or provide elevated care in these institutions uh, that might not otherwise or that don't otherwise um, do that. And so they've been doing training series at the government institution level. They also were asked to um, to lead a series training with the Addis Ababa Police Commissioner's Office. So they've worked wow. directly with the, um, I think they trained, I think it was 97 police and admin staff at the police commissioner's office to help them um, understand uh, some of the difficulties that children um, who have experienced trauma face and why um, why TBRI and why trauma-informed care is important. And so they've seen huge transformation um, at that level. Uh, and often these- And those are, are those first responders, I would assume, like yeah, there who are called if there's something going on with one of the girls or if someone's found somewhere, are they, is that accurate? Exactly. So often these police officers are the ones who um, have to make decisions even on where these kids go. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that are called to the scene if there's a child that's been found or if, if girls run away, they typically run to the police officer. So they're often making decisions on what happens to these kids if they bring them to an institution. Or now, since they know about um, AGCI and our organization and have su- seen the success, um, they've often been bringing girls directly to us, um, which is phenomenal because it it ensures that these girls don't get transferred to a government institution and then just wait there for, you know. Yes, which past. is a whole other trauma. Exactly. Another being in a government institution. Yes. And they, I mean, some of the girls that we've served have lived in these government institutions for, um, you know, one, one year, three years, five years, 10 years. And so often if they get, they get trapped there, then in the past, there was really no way out. And often these girls also, some of these girls that we served, um, had been served by other organization and had attempted reunifications um, through other hmm. through other services or reunifications or even the institutions that would just drop them back off with family and they always failed. Um, but we're seeing all these girls who even experience that actually remain in their family care and be successful in theirs. So it's been awesome at the community level to see wow. just all the different. Um, there's so many people involved from the police to the social um, to the welfare offices to social yes. workers. I mean, there's just so many layers and um, we're really trying to intervene and provide, uh, build relationship and provide services at every one of those levels so that we can um, provide wraparound services for these girls to be successful. Uh, so I love hearing how this year God has been moving like within the home and opened all of these doors that we weren't necessarily expecting and doing that through relationship and doing that through, uh, you know, them trusting our team and what they've earned there uh, in Ethiopia. How do you see God moving? Um, like, can you make any predictions? I know that the whole 
question I'm asking is that we don't always know what God's going to do this next year, but what are you already seeing for year two? How, uh, you know, how are the girls and their fan families finding hope from all they've been through? Are the, um, what other organizations are we reaching out to or what do, what do you see? What doors are opening? Yeah, good question. Um, I think it's obviously a little bit difficult to tell exactly where we're going to go, but I think following the path that the Lord has laid out for us will um, will lead us to where we want to go. And right now, what that's looking like is um, he's provided a pathway for us to lead a national TBRI two-day training in October for approximately 300 um, different government leaders from different sectors of education, finance, uh, child what? welfare, uh, all these different areas um, that people you know, a judicial system. That's huge. Yeah. Yes. So we've, AGCI has hosted a couple of these uh, in some of the countries that we work in, um, in Colombia, um, we're hosting one in Ecuador as well. And Ethiopia um, will be coming in October. So we're really excited to be, to be doing this. And obviously this isn't uh, maybe necessarily directly related to the House of Hope, but really what we get to do is we get to show um, all of these, we get to show these 300 leaders uh, what trauma-informed care looks like when it's done well mm. and how generations can be changed um, when we can work together to to bring trauma-informed care into policy, into programs, into the work that's that's being done. And um, we're so excited for yeah. this training. And so that's that's on the horizon. And I can't wait to, to, update, wow. to update you guys on, on all of that. But um, what it's done is launching this home has really opened so many doors that we haven't been able to predict but that we're responding to as, as best we can. And um, I think that what, what makes AGCI stand out is um, doing this deep work in this trauma-informed yeah. work and uh, how, how intentional our team has been about it every step of the way and building those relationships that are centered around that. And so we're just excited to see how this continues to unfold and how we as an organization can um, respond to the needs of uh, when when the government is drafting a new policy on um, best practice for kids who yes. are unifying or when they're um, considering reopening international adoption, if that is ever uh, going to happen or things like that, we AGCI feels that um, we we have a seat at that table and, and we we can our staff can speak into some of those best practices. And so whether that means continuing to um, walk alongside institutions as they um, deinstitutionalize or, uh, you know, just all these different areas, uh, we feel like um, we're not exactly sure where what doors will open, but we know that um, this yeah. movement is quickly growing in Ethiopia and um, our team incredible. is really on the forefront of helping to lead that. And it's been just incredible to watch. And obviously we would love to see this home grow and um, we are on track. We were hoping to uh, have 10 girls um, at any given point in year one, around 20 girls in year two and around 30 girls in year three. Obviously, those girls transitioning out when they are reunified, but we're on track to, to keep serving more girls. So that's, of course, the priority for us is just to continue to, to make an impact there um, while also just growing, growing the TBRI that. movement in Ethiopia. I mean, holy cow. <laughs> that's so cool. I'm so excited to see what God has for year two, what this looks like for our team that's there. Are, what, what are you, um, what do you think as uh, people are listening? And for me specifically, what can we be praying for specifically for this next year? What things should we uh, be going to God about right now? 
Yeah, great question. I think, I mean, really first and foremost, just to be keeping in your hearts and in your prayers, uh, just the stories of these girls and the hearts of these girls, mm -hmm. they are real kids <laughs> with real stories and yeah. really difficult ones at that. And um, it's not, it's not easy work. And especially for these girls, I mean, they're the ones that are walking through this pain um, and yeah. uh, to get to the other side of that is not, is not always an easy journey. So I would say to prepare the hearts of these girls as they reenter mm. back into family care, um, give them uh, peace and comfort uh, and trust and help, uh, you know, we've seen the Lord do some amazing things and helping to rebuild yes. trust in these girls. But I would say that's definitely our first priority is these girls in their hearts. And then of course our staff, um, can always use prayer. They they show mm -hmm. up and dedicate their lives to this work every single day, and also not easy <laughs> to to be no. on the forefront of that. And um, we call that vicarious or secondary trauma when you're not maybe not the one yeah. experiencing that, but you're the one witnessing that every day. And you come home and you hold those stories and you hold those girls closely in your hearts. And um, our team cares so deeply for them. So. Continuing, I'm glad you're acknowledging that for them. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, and for, you know, our team too, to help keep providing a space for them to, to do that and to process that. And, um, um, we want to be sure we're, we're meeting those needs for our staff and so that they can meet the needs for those girls. Um, yeah. so yeah, that would, that would be our, our biggest needs. And then of course, um, just for, it's been a really, really hard couple of years in Ethiopia, uh, just with mm -hmm. the war that broke out, um, in the northernmost region of Ethiopia and Tigray. Um, that conflict has not ended and has been continuing to unfold over the last couple of years. And even just recently, the um, the ceasefire that was uh, instilled is, was um, broken. And so basically, there's just oh. still a lot of devastation there. And it's preventing our team from identifying and locating some of the families of the girls, just given that uh, they are the families are living in some of the war-torn areas that have been too dangerous yep. or impossible for our staff to locate. So um, just, it's been a, a pretty hard couple of years in Ethiopia. So I would just be praying mm. for that country in general, for the leaders uh, who are making decisions that impact kids. Um, there's a lot of, been a lot of transition at the government level lately, which um, can, can be good. You know, there's a lot of new um, ideas around deinstitutionalization and some things that are um, a long time coming, but there's just... Uh, we, we would just be praying for peace and for understanding as these decisions are being made and for um, mm. there's also just tons of <laughs> different tribes and conflict that arises and things like that. And um, yes. the team could speak on that way better than I can. But um, I will say that that's just going to be probably an ongoing need for prayer. That's incredible. Well, I think I can speak for everyone listening that that's something that we'll be holding in our hearts and praying for regularly. And, and I'm going to add to be praying for you too, as you lead this up on this end. Um, I know it's a huge thing for you as well, and that you experience that secondary trauma as well. And just to be praying for your heart and, uh, you know, just it's big, hard work. So yeah, we're going to add you onto the list too, for real. Well, thank you for like joining me on this call, talking about all of this. I just so appreciate you. I admire you and all of the work that you 
do every day for these kids, these girls and their families and our staff there. And you travel all the time and it is a long flight. <laughs> so if you haven't traveled to Ethiopia, you maybe don't know, but it's like you're on the plane for a solid full day, like and night and maybe a little longer if things don't go well. <laughs> so just thank you for all you do and the dedication that you have to the people of Ethiopia as well. It's, it's my honor. It's, um, it's something I don't take lightly. I, I hold them very dearly. Um, and for those of you who have not traveled there, been there, um, Marissa, I know you've shared my sentiment that it's, there's something about it. I, it's like, it's just, it is a very special place. I, I think, I think Ethiopia is a special place for, for, for God too, because it's just the people yep. there just are, are so, Jesus like, and it's just amazing. Yep. So thank you for letting me be here and, and talk about this work. And I appreciate it. I probably went way too long, but <laughs> no, it was amazing. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for the first episode of season four of Together by AGCI. That was Angeline Salyer, AGCI's Ethiopia program director. To find out how you can support the House of Hope directly or read or watch even more stories, head to our website at allgodschildren.org. On our next episode, we get to hear from two incredible AGCI Ethiopia adoptive moms that were recently able to visit the House of Hope with their daughters. They will be sharing about their experience visiting the home and what they learned from their time there. If you'd like to stay up to date on exactly what we need prayer for, we would love for you to join our prayer team. Head to our website, then scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page and tap on prayer team to sign up. Thank you so much for listening to Together by AGCI. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at All God's Children International. I look forward to sharing another story of hope the next time we're together.